Hello, Frank Zorn. You are the CEO of Deskio. Deskio is uh, one of the main operator, co-working operator in France. You are one of the member of the Notel, the big uh, US um, co-working operators known as Notel, and you are the French, uh, French subsidiary of this company. Uh, you operate uh, 75,000 square meter in France, 50 buildings. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about Desco and why, what you are up now um, doing? Hello um, and welcome. I'm, uh, I'm happy to present um, Desco um, and share a little bit of our thinking um, um, during the COVID um, pandemic. Um, so Desco is a company that was founded four years ago in France and Paris um, by Benjamin Tabou and myself. Um, we started off because we had experience in the past um, that um, uh, the, at the time the offering, um, uh, the office um, uh, offering in the market um, was pretty limited. Um, uh, yeah, we know uh, the traditional office market is um, long leases um, uh, and um, very little service. Um, uh, usually landlords um, propose actually an asset. Um, and what companies are looking for is a product and uh, something that works. And so we said um, there's an opportunity uh, that we want to um, they want to take where um, between landlords um, who need um, operators um, uh, to create a new product, a more flexible and service-oriented uh, product, um, and companies who are um, looking um, uh, for those attributes um, uh, yeah, for more flexibility, for more services, um, um, there's a place for an operator um, uh, such as Deskio um, uh, who can fill that gap and basically help two sides of the marketplace um, uh, to meet. And so we started off um, with some smaller spaces and smaller companies. Um, and over time, over the last four years, we have built a portfolio of 75,000 square meters. Um, and with the distinct offering that is a little bit different um, uh, from co-working, um, uh, that is also... Um, uh, different from the traditional offering that is actually um, uh, in the middle, uh, I would say, uh, between the two. And, and our focus is really um, is more about companies um, uh, like of, of medium size um, uh, and large size, where um, as a company um, in the beginning of the evolution and when there's only a few people, um, uh, we believe that the co-working co offering is the right thing to do. Um, it's actually very attractive because um, uh, companies don't have to invest. Um, they can benefit potentially from the brand of the co-worker. Um, uh, they get the flexibility, the service um, uh, that they need to start their business. Once uh, they pass the mark of like 10, 20 employees, um, their needs change in terms of office space and the way they work. Uh, they want to build their own culture. Um, uh, they want to put their values on the wall. Um, their own colors. Mm -hmm. um, uh, they also start to specialize. So they may mm -hmm. have different teams, um, a team of developers, a team of uh, salespeople, and it's difficult to put them all in the same room and be productive. And so that's where we come to play and we basically build a product um, and co-develop a product with them where our brand is actually invisible. And uh, we um, co-create an office um, that looks like their office. Um, uh, and that suits their needs in terms of um, uh, workspace. Um, uh, so number of meeting rooms, desks, um, uh, so that their teams can be productive um, uh, and um, it still has 
the flexibility that is needed and the service because we're an operator. Yes, so to, there is this layer of service and hospitality that you are bringing, but as you said, you are accommodating more bigger players, bigger companies. And uh, so is it, it's similar to the approach, not all as overall, isn't it? It's, it's, it's this kind of positioning where they can accommodate and have bigger players and, and serve them from smaller team up to, to, to bigger team that can have their own uh, environment. So is it, is it, um, is it right that uh, that's, that's the philosophy of the broader group um, you are in now? Yes, exactly. Um, so um, Nortel, um, the, the two founders of Nortel, Edward and Amor, um, they started uh, off with a similar approach, actually um, uh, serving the same need um, in New York um, uh, a little bit earlier. They started about five years ago. And um, they went a bit more aggressive. Um, uh, so they, they developed New York and uh, built a big business there. Uh, went then um, already into other cities, uh, went across the ocean, started um, London, bought um, a, a company in Berlin. And um, then we met um, about like one and a half years ago um, uh, with Edward and we said, well, actually we do the same thing. Um, and we have the same understanding, the same of the market, the same philosophy of what we want to build. Mm -hmm. And we were looking for equity at the time um, to develop our business and to accelerate. And, uh, and so we said, why, why don't we do this together? Um, because we're already in Paris, we have a big presence. For Nota, it was important also to be in Paris um, as one of the biggest European um, real estate markets. And so we joined forces and said, um, okay, um, we'll, we'll develop, um, uh, Benjamin and I continue to develop uh, Paris. Uh, we also have a few spaces in Lyon. Um, and then we'll bring our knowledge to the table um, uh, and help um, to develop the overall business and I spent some time last year in, in Amsterdam, in Berlin, in Dublin mm -hmm. um, uh, to help develop the European offering for Nortel. So, so um, there is a similar uh, approach and move in Germany. That, uh, I think you bought another, is it, I think it's Ahari that you, you, mm -hmm. you has been integrated, mm -hmm. which, which is a similar approach. When we discuss with them, we know them, uh, they, they also were this big building with different floors where you had some either bigger companies in the area where you had smaller ones and they could mix and mingle a little bit together. That was the philosophy. So, um, so now, how, how is the European footprint for, for, for the group and uh, including Desco? And, uh, so it, but you keep having those local brands operating. Uh, is it right? That's, that's how we see you, uh, the group moving now in Europe, isn't it? Well, um, it depends a little bit on the market. So um, London was um, uh, built um, internally. Um, so it's no tell, no tell since the very first day. Um, Notel, as you pointed out rightly, bought um, Ahoy in Berlin mm -hmm. and is now, has now developed um, the Notel offering as well. Um, so there's Ahoy. Ahoy has um, uh, a building in, uh, in Wedding and um, uh, it's more of a hybrid model um, where you have also meeting rooms, you have smaller companies and some shared spaces mm -hmm. and um, uh, also bigger offices. And, um, but the most recent development in Berlin was um, all more like look more like no tell um, uh, offices um, uh, than Ahoy. And um, we have started last year um, Amsterdam. Mm -hmm. um, there was also um, basically built from scratch, um, uh, so developed internally. Um, Deskio was already a brand um, uh, when no tell came in as an investor. Um, and the brand is very well positioned in France and uh, in Paris um, mm -hmm. uh, amongst the, the real estate community. Um, also amongst clients, 
it's a little bit different and um, also we have uh, we still have some hybrid um, buildings and we also have a meeting room business um, so we're not exactly um, uh, like Notel um, uh, and we, we continue to use the Deskio brand because um, it actually is a brand um, in the local market and most real estate markets are, no, um, are local to some extent so we want to capitalize on that. So, so um, the company operates under not a, not a brand, for instance, in, in Amsterdam, right? It's, it's the, for the moment, there is yeah. this mixed yeah. approach yeah. that uh, depending on are we a partner locally implemented, which has a strong enough brand, we keep it and we move that way on another market when we, it started from scratch. It goes under the as a Knotel. Exactly. Uh, Notel, uh, so Amsterdam is Notel, um, Dublin is Notel. Overall, if a client um, uh, wants to sign up for several mm -hmm. markets, um, uh, we operate under the Nutel brand. Um, uh, however, in the, in the local market, um, uh, there is that um, uh, distinction where um, when there was a brand before and it was um, significant, which is our case, and for Deskio, then um, we felt that uh, it makes sense to, to capitalize and, and, and use a bit on that and use the brand a bit further. Something you, you, you mentioned as well um, was that uh, Notel has a different, slightly different approach than some other international brands, meaning that you were focusing now on big capital city, big metropoles, rather than trying to have a bit of you everywhere and in all smaller cities. So we know, we know that there are some other uh, footprint strategy that uh, other operators are doing. Uh, why so? And um, Yes, now we're in a different time where we have more and more to speak about people leaving the cities and the metropoles. Mm -hmm. There has been discussion in London about that, for instance, or New York. Mm -hmm. um, can you elaborate on that? Uh, and why, why that yes. strategy? So, so our, um, we have, our thinking is that um, we want to be uh, where global companies go. And um, usually global companies, or at least in the places where we are today, we're in 17 markets and uh, as an hotel, uh, we're in the top centers of uh, the global economy. Um, New York, London, um, San Francisco, Amsterdam, Tokyo, um, uh, Paris. And that's already a lot. And there's a lot of concentration in those markets and there's a lot of square meters, there's a lot of clients. And um, we felt that as a matter of priority, um, for us it is important that we build um, depth in these markets um, uh, because that's where mm -hmm. most companies go mm -hmm. and um, it's a local business there's also physical um, and logistical components to it so actually operating in many different markets has also some complexity to it and so really our first focus is uh, develop the, the biggest um, uh, economic uh, markets and be very present in, in those markets and then potentially we may go um, uh, to other um, secondary markets. Um, yeah. um, what we also see is um, what, you what you just mentioned due to COVID, uh, there is talks um, in certain areas of the world that uh, employees might move. Um, actually companies may uh, think to relocate um, mm -hmm. uh, certain, certain employees to um, areas or to geographies where there's um, cheaper housing, um, uh, maybe also cheaper talent. Um, uh, I think a lot about, um, uh, well, we hear it a lot about um, San Francisco and um, Silicon Valley. Mm -hmm. And I think in certain areas of the world, that's true. I think generally speaking, we have also seen uh, during COVID that working um, from distance is possible. Um, uh, so I'm sure that there will be more 
um, uh, more of that. Um, I, I would say, though, that this is probably a long-term trend. I'd say that the short-term trend of more work from home, work from a distance, um, we will see a lot of that happening um, uh, even right after COVID. Um, people moving to other cities, it's a little bit more complex because it's, you know, um, most people have um, a family, um, uh, a partner, um, uh, so it's a little bit more difficult to, to, to do that step. But um, the suburb, uh, it's certainly... They could start with Ooh, the suburb. suburb. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's possible as well. Um, that brings us to, to the, the, the other part, which is um, you, you made a survey in France regarding uh, teleworking, all those new habits that were now um, widely embraced by many workers in France, everywhere in the world, but uh, France is no ex exception. And um, one, one, one data uh, which is striking is it says that one out of two workers in, um, in France fear that their employer asked them to go back um, to, to the offices as, as usual and because of their what is called the presential uh, need that some managers uh, see as something that is it's, it's, um, unavoidable um, and also that uh, there was this, this need to they could give up 80% of them say okay we could give up our, our office uh, tomorrow because now we experience this new teleworking opportunities and we know that some things we used to do in the past are not needed. Um, where corking operators like you can find a place in that new world? Mm. So let me, let me just um, comment on the second um, statistic. Um, so basically what, um, what we found is uh, we did three surveys. Uh, one, uh, two weeks after lockdown. Um, then um, a second, a couple of weeks um, uh, down the road, and, and at the end of the lockdown, we did the third one. And what, what we figured is, when you see the, the evolution, is that many, um, uh, many employees actually said uh, that they, um, after in the first survey, that they're actually missing the office um, uh, because the situation was very special, right? It was working from home, in a very special context where um, no one could go out. You have potentially the kids, um, uh, your partner, um, uh, the, the animals um, uh, at home. And, and so um, it's not really the um, work from home situation that you would have during regular times. Um, and people said, actually, I miss my office um, because um, I want to um, meet uh, my colleagues. Um, I want to exchange. Um, I want to be able in a spot where I can really work. Um, and then that changed over time. Um, uh, so the second survey, what we found is that basically people start to say, well, there's actually some good things about working from home. Um, I don't have to travel for like um, 45 minutes in the morning and in the evening to go to work. Um, so I save time. I can use it for other things, for, I can use it for my kids, for sports, whatever. Um, uh, there's also certain work that I can do better at home than I can do in the office. Um, yeah, so we all think about um, the big open space. Um, where um, actually if you have to do some heads down work, you need to be focused and concentrated. It's very difficult um, uh, for most people to do that because offices are not built for that. And, um, and so there's, um, there was the, the, the recognition of um, certain aspects that are very positive of um, work from home. And then um, uh, people said, well, actually, I would love to continue to do that um, even after COVID and even after lockdown. And now we're in this phase where actually every company pretty much every company um, uh, had 
to do some work from home. Right. Employees are in a situation where they say, I would love to continue to do so. Not as much. Um, we see that um, like a third, uh, roughly say, up to like one day a week, mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah, which is already big compared to where we were before. Yeah. Um, uh, because before it was, in some companies it was um, uh, happening, but in many companies it wasn't. And, and then there's a lot, of, like, a lot of questioning around how can we make that happen and, uh, and how do companies respond to that? And all we see is that um, there's actually um, a little bit of a lack of trust um, on both sides. Um, so employees think, uh, many employees think that um, their employer um, is actually unfavorable um, uh, to continue to do uh, work from home because um, uh, there's this notion of when you work from home, you don't work. Um, uh, yeah. And, and so um, the, um, um, uh, and on the other side, um, uh, employees say, well, actually, if a company proposes a work from home policy, um, I think it's, um, I think it's an asset. I think it's something positive. Um, and I would um, uh, strongly consider to work for a company um, uh, that offers work from home. Um, so there's a lot of, um, I think there's this um, notion of um, employees want to do it. Companies are maybe a little bit more in a spot where they say, well, I hear that employees want to do it, but I don't know exactly how I can implement it. And what do I need to do um, uh, to help my managers to actually um, uh, accept and be able to uh, just make them ready to manage teams um, uh, in a normal situation with work from home. And, and then also, um, because we're talking about um, offices and co work, um, how much space do I actually then need? Mm -hmm. Right? How many people will work from home? How many times? How do I organize? Um, how do I put a culture in place where that actually works? And then what does it mean for real estate? Um, uh, do I need less office space? Um, how much do I need? And the 80% um, uh, that we saw is actually people said, um, if I can do work from home, 80% would uh, say I would, um, I would be ready to give up my personal desk mm -hmm. and I would be able to do desk sharing, which is happening in many companies already but um, not in all of the companies. And so there's a benefit also for, uh, for companies to say, well, actually, maybe I'm able to reduce a little bit my footprint, um, real estate footprint, I save some costs, I can use that money um, and maybe invest in better offices, offices where employees will come, not because they're forced to come, right, right. Uh, but they want to come because they can do work and they can be productive. And also that's a notion that is becoming um, uh, increasingly important um, the notion of like having an office that is um, where you feel good um, uh, because we spend a lot of time in the office mm -hmm. and, and one of the primary objectives obviously is to be productive. Um, yes, I go there to do work, but it's not only about work. And the question is also what type of work um, are you doing there? And I think post COVID what will happen is that um, uh, many companies will ask that question. What do I do with my office? When it used to be um, the place where you go to do your work, Mm -hmm. I think in the future, it's more about, uh, well, it's a place um, where I build culture, where I exchange, um, uh, where um, creativity should drive, mm -hmm. um, uh, where people perform together, uh, maybe where I invite um, uh, partners, clients. Um, and so the, the notion of um, and the use of office will change um, uh, post-COVID. Um, I'm, I'm very convinced that this, mm -hmm. this is going to happen. Yeah, more for the human interaction part. And uh, as we exactly. are always multitasking, but sometimes mm -hmm. now 
we can we could figure out how multitask and choose where we do some specific task um, from the workspace environment perspective and when we have to as you said be productive focus heads down um, we stay at home or exactly and we 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 put a lot of thinking in um, workspace design um, uh, so so yeah when we take post covid and say I have a company with 100 employees, so I need 100 desks, I need a couple of meeting rooms, um, uh, a kitchen, um, and that's an office. Um, then there is already a notion of um, activity-based workspace, um, uh, yeah, where you, you've, you've rather ask the question, what do people actually do? What type of work do they perform um, in the office? And, and so I think that's getting, um, that will get a lot more attention as it will evolve now. And, and we're putting a lot of effort in it to understand um, together with, uh, with our current clients and, and also new prospects is, um, well, it's, it's going to change and we will use the office differently. And so that also means that we will build it different um, in order to make it more attractive um, from productivity perspective, but also make it more attractive to to employees, to, to customers who, who come to the office because, um, uh, you know, we mean to give them something that makes them come. Yeah, and then the hospitality expertise and the ability to create sound environment, friendly, well, with well-being in mind that becomes um, an unavoidable feature that mm -hmm. the workspace has to have. And maybe it's better to let experts in that uh, Use, uh, put that in place and operate it just instead of just having to do it yourself. That's also the kind of message we hear more and more so from the corking industry, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Brilliant. Frank, thank you so much for, for the discussion. Uh, wish you the best with the you know, recovery and the mm -hmm. development. I'm sure you're on, this, on the good track. And maybe we will see you in Vienna for the Coworking Europe conference. And, With pleasure. Uh, and um, in the meantime, take care and, uh, and all the best. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. Good luck.